Hey guys, welcome to the Breakdown Podcast, or should I say, welcome back. It's welcome. been a while. <laughs> My name is Mary. I'm the online campus pastor here at Hope, um, and I figured it might actually be a good time to maybe a little bit reintroduce ourselves since it's been a little bit. We haven't actually had an episode since January. Um, but yeah, I'm the online campus pastor here. Um, there is someone missing today. Yep. Um, his name's Brock. Mm, we miss him. We do. Don't tell him we miss him. Yeah. Keep that between us. But we do miss him. He is our care pastor and I'm here with Josh Morgan. Hey guys. Tell us, uh, can you just give us like a little for our new listeners that are joining? Yeah. So I'm actually the group's pastor at our Frisco East campus. I love to study, love to learn, love to share those fun things that we find that jump out of us in scripture and there's not a whole lot uh, better time that we could spend than um, taking our weekend sermons and breaking them down yeah, and helping people kind of get a little bit more excited and learn how to study. So what do we got going on today, Mary? Yeah, it's going to be good. So we actually um, are coming on the heels of a series, a very long series, actually. I think it was nine weeks total. It was a long one. <laughs> called uh, John, a cast of characters. So basically what John, our lead pastor, know this series is not about him. Um, yeah, it's not about his multiple personalities. <laughs> <laughs> the many faces of John. Um, but no, it is about uh, the gospel according to John and the different characters that we see um, through out this gospel and um, so we would look at different people and scenarios so it's kind of broad right like a lot happens like yeah. we talked about the Pharisees we talked about um, Peter a lot we talked about the women um, so there were so many different things that we did and so with this being a recap of the series um, we're taking a verse that John actually didn't talk about a character is mentioned that wasn't mentioned throughout this series so I'm excited for you guys to hear a little mm -hmm. bit about that um, but we're actually going to be stepping into a passage um, where we find the disciples uh, a little uneasy about the future, feeling unsure. And I don't know about you guys, but I think this verse is really going to speak to you if you've ever, and I know I have, felt just like uh, the future was unknown, mm -hmm. like what was next was kind of ominous, maybe. And so I think that this is really going to speak to your situation. You're going you're gonna to find yourself in this cast of characters yourself yeah. as like a disciple maybe with Jesus kind of feeling those feelings. And Jesus just steps in to that feeling, right? That, yeah. that situation brings so much peace and assurance. And so that's kind of where we're going today. Yeah, I love it. And to me, one of the most encouraging things about this series has been a reminder of, man, there's so many different people uh, in the world, so many different stories, so many different struggles, all of us individual people with, with different things going on in our lives. And yet this passage reminds us there's just one Jesus mm -hmm. and there's just one way to truth and life and peace. Uh, and so that's why we picked this passage and that why we want to talk about it today. Yeah, and it's going to be one that if you have uh, read this gospel, you know, but maybe even if you haven't, maybe if you're new to faith, you maybe even have heard this verse. It's John 14, 1 through 7. We're not going to read it all right in this moment. Um, we'll read it and break each piece down. Um, but basically what is going on in the scene is it's probably somewhere between the sitting around the table, um, you know, where Jesus washes the feet of the disciples, gives them the new command. Um, and not only that, but he is basically, he has talked about, hey, I'm going to be betrayed. Yep. <laughs> um, not only that, but I am also um, Peter, right? You, my, my, my buddy, my very close friend that would want to like 
claim that he would die for me. You're going to betray me three times and I'm going to a place you can't go. And so there's like that. That's the feeling around, you know, whether it's around this table. We talked about this, like where they're sitting in. This is before he goes to the cross after his teachings and all the things. And he, it's kind of like his time is winding down. Yeah. And here they are at the, t- you know, I keep saying at the table because I keep picturing it at the table, but it could have been at the table. It could have been from there to the garden because he's very soon like that night going to the garden, going to be arrested, going to be betrayed, going to be crucified, all of those things. So that's where we're at in Jesus's story. And John, this is John's account of that. So John is the disciple that, that is known for saying, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. I love that. Which I wish we all had that kind of confidence, right? right? Like, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. And so that's kind of where we are in this scene. So it's a little bit like ominous because he's like talking about, hey, like I'm about to go where you can't. I am about to be betrayed by you, Peter, three times. And not only that, but um, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be denied. It's going to get dark in a minute. Yeah, it, I, a word that keeps coming to mind is intense. Like this has uh, probably become an intense situation, maybe an awkward scenario. Yes. I don't, uh, somewhere around here is where he talks about the one that's going to betray him, uh, not just Peter, but Judas. And so there's a lot of crazy things going on here. And uh, it's interesting because what happens in, in chapter 14 is uh, John helps us understand that Jesus, he has been speaking specifically to Peter, but now he redirects his focus onto uh, everyone else. So everyone else that's in the room. And so this is what he says in chapter 14, verses one through three. Uh, He now says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Verse two, you guys know this verse. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And where I am, you may be also. So this is kind of this shift that he makes. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about why this is important. But uh, right out of the gate, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty uh, wild shift from... Uh, Peter, you're going to betray me three times. Uh, it's interesting in in Luke's account of the gospel, there's something also uh, that Jesus says. He says, hey, you're going to turn from me. You're going to betray me. Uh, but but Luke adds this, um, this line here that says, but uh, when you turn back to me, go and encourage the others. Uh, so, so in Luke's account, he kind of pivots maybe as he's talking to Peter to this encouraging thing, but, uh, but John's just goes straight into this, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. And so, uh, I, that's a pretty, um, encouraging verse because it's almost like he's going, Hey guys, it's about to get pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so things are about to get pretty Doom real. And gloom. Yeah. Uh, but it, but this kind of idea, but just keep believing You guys know me. You've been with me. uh, You're hearing me. I'm saying this. Just continue to believe. Just keep believing. Yeah, and I love that Jesus, this is so classic Jesus to be like, hey, here's something like super foreboding and kind of like, you know, heavy. Yet he steps in and like at the same time and in the same space, he, he like offers this comfort and this peace and like, hey, oh, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. It's about to get crazy. You're about to all this is going to happen. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And I think that that's so 
classic of Jesus to just step into something that it's like, no, I I feel like I should be troubled right now. (laughs) But he's like, you know what? I'm like, don't let your hearts be troubled. And this assurance that comes with Jesus just like bringing peace into this probably chaotic feeling that the disciples are feeling in their hearts right now. Yeah. And and it's it's so uh, reassuring because he he gives us the freedom to like be troubled. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's saying, hey, you shouldn't feel that way. He's just saying, uh, so when he says like, let not your hearts be troubled, he's not saying like, hey, shame on you for being troubled. Yeah. He's just saying, despite this uh, troublesome news, this season, believe in God, believe also in me. It's funny. I was thinking about Peter's response to Jesus. Uh, it's almost, So I relate to it as a fixer. So if, if my wife is struggling with something, my I mean, immediately, I'm like, well, did you do this? Did you try this? You should go do this. You should do that, you know, which is just not encouraging. It's not comforting. <laughs> it definitely doesn't make things better. And I almost feel like Peter's kind of stepping in and going, no, 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 we're not going to let that happen. And then that's why Jesus kind of has to help him see a bit of a bigger picture here, which is cool because he's saying, hey, I get it. This is troublesome. Uh, and not only does he get it in the sense of like, hey, it makes sense, but but we know that Christ also felt troubled at times, right? Yeah. So we know earlier in John when uh, Lazarus died, there's this really uh, sweet verse there where he sees the Jews weeping, he sees Lazarus's sisters weeping, and then he's deeply moved in his spirit and it says that he's greatly troubled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then a little bit later on in John, he's he's uh, it's one of the times where he's predicting the cross and it says, uh, that his Jesus is saying, my soul is troubled. And so I think that's pretty significant that he's acknowledging, hey, I, I understand that this is a big kind of scary deal. Uh, and But as you're kind of navigating these feelings, just remember there's a bigger picture here. There's a mm-hmm. bigger truth. And that truth is that uh, you can believe in God so much so um, that he goes on and he says, I'm making a space for you mm-hmm. in my father's house. And so there's this uh, there's this kind of destination that he's marking so that it doesn't feel like this kind of ethereal hope, but it's truth. It's mm. fact. Yeah, that's it's we're headed to this place and I'm going to be there making a place for you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I love that. And I love that. Cause you're mentioning like, you know, this physical place. And when we were talking earlier, um, you know, I, I, I told Josh, he's kind of like the, the grammar, like he, he gets the grammar. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do not, <laughs> but, um, you know, how very literally that, that next verse where it says there's more than enough room in my father's home, mm-hmm. that that is about, and very uniquely a physical place that Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm going to a place, my father's house. So not just like a house, someone else's house, my father's house. So he's in the same, like in one sentence, it's like, hey, I'm God. <laughs> like, you know, like, like I am the son of God and that um, his father's house is like my place, like my home. But the, but it's not just like, like you mentioned, it's not like a, a, you know, a thought or abstract. It's a physical place, aka heaven. Yeah. And so I think that that's like, so powerful that Jesus is saying, hey, like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and me, son of God. And there is enough room. Like, I am preparing a place for you. What, like, could I just think in that moment how much peace had to come 
like not not necessarily peace because we're going to find out in a minute there's still questions yeah, right they're not right. going to understand yeah. it we understand it because we can see, look back but in that moment they were probably like okay you're literally going to your father's home like you know yeah. they're they're like kind of applying it that way but we can look back and know he's talking about like heaven and i'm preparing a place right. for you eternity for you and i have the authority as Jesus to do that, which yeah. is crazy. Well, so something that we miss as kind of modern day readers of scripture is <clears throat> when Jesus says, my father's house, um, we may miss what was actually said in the moment. So the verbiage, the grammar, the not just that's written, but like what Jesus actually said and what his disciples actually heard, right? Yeah, how they interpret it in that yeah. moment. Yeah. It's easy for us to look back and be like, understand it in a different way. Yeah, and because this word uh, that he uses, uh, house, it, it literally means like dwell or dwelling place. Uh, but it's it's pretty common in John's gospel when it's used as, as a verb, like remain in me or something like that. But this is one of only two places in the entire New Testament where this word is used as a, a, a noun. Mm -hmm. So like as an actual place, uh, which is super um, significant because again, what they're hearing uh, is not um, is not what they've necessarily been hearing when this is referred to, but this is like one of the only times that at least that we know of where Jesus is saying like, hey, this is a place. This is where uh, everything is going to end up. This is where you guys are going to, you know, join me again and things like that. And you know that had to have been super comforting. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is he's also kind of putting an exclamation point on the legitimacy of it. Right. Like he's saying, if this wasn't true, I wouldn't be telling it to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be like throwing a party and, and sending out the, the, uh, the invites but it not being a real party, <laughs> you know, and then Does that happen to you, people Josh, just head or? that way. And they, no, I mean, and I'm not bitter and I don't care. It doesn't, you know, sticks and stones and all that business. So, but anyway, it's, it's pretty significant. And, uh, and then, and then also just, just this idea of Jesus is like, you know, I'm coming again. I'm coming back to get you. Yeah. Right. This isn't, this is going to fill over. And how often have we been overcome with grief fear, dread, terror, something crazy is happening, or we don't know the outcome. And we just feel like our life is over. It's the end of the world. And Jesus is saying like, I know it's going to feel like that, mm -hmm. but just remember, remember, Peter's going to turn back. Remember when I say this, it's not over. I'm coming back. You will be with me again. Yeah. Jesus is basically like, I got you. Yep. I got you. So going into verse four, um, and you know the way where I'm going I love this. I love, like, I love this interaction we're about to have. Can I read the whole thing? Yeah. No, we don't know, Lord, <laughs> Thomas said. Uh, sorry, side note, Thomas, We, if you know of Thomas, you know he's kind of infamous for being a doubter. Mm -hmm. um, I love him. I don't think he's infamous, but um, that's kind of what people know him for. And he said, we have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? legitimate question, yep. Thomas. Yeah. Verse six, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Verse seven, if you had really known me, you would have known who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Yeah, I love that. It is such a powerful... I, I try to imagine what it must have been like, right? So to... Not only the fact that here's one of these people who had been 
with Jesus, walking with Jesus day in, day out for years, who's now saying, you know, I don't get it. That makes me feel so much better. Yeah, right? same. I'm like, we love Thomas, right? <laughs> Can we please relate that. to him? But then also that that Christ's response is, I am the way. Yeah. You do know the way because I am the way. You do know the truth because I am the truth. And you do have and know life because I am life. And uh, man, that's, if, if nothing else out of this podcast, that's that thing that we need to hold on to. That's that thing that we need to remember is we do know how this ends. We do know where this mm-hmm. is headed. And there's all sorts of fear mongers out there trying to tell us we don't. Yeah. But we do. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be overwhelmed by the unknown because we do know. I mean, I think that's huge. And, and it's like Jesus saying like, not that you know the details or that you know exactly how everything's going to go. It's that you know me, mm-hmm. Jesus. like you know Jesus. So yep. you know Jesus, you know the way, the truth, the life. And I think that that's so powerful. There's actually a quote I really loved in the commentary I read. He says, I am the way, said one who would shortly hang impotent on a cross. Mm. I am the truth. When the lies of evil men were about to enjoy a spectacular triumph, I am the life. When within a few hours, his corpse would be placed in a tomb. And I love that so much because he is taking this bold statement, this confident statement, and in the middle of about to be like crucified, killed, and this is this this statement alone is probably going to feel and it makes me think of Thomas post resurrection. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Thomas was so disappointed because he remembered that Jesus said this and it seemed that it wasn't true mm-hmm. at the end cuz Jesus you said you're the way the truth and the life and then you died. And everyone turned away and everyone, you know, like all of this is happening and so I think it's so powerful to know like even in that and that's kind of the the paradox and the beauty of this, like we talked about when he was saying, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. Like these are existing at the same time. Like he is our hope. He is our life. He is the truth. Even though very shortly things will tell you otherwise. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful like moment. Oh yeah. And I love how verse seven ends because Jesus says from now on, you do know. Yes. You do know the Father because you know me. You do know where this is all going because I am the truth, the way, and the life, right? Yeah. And so, but to even to your point, um, <clears throat> often we question that not because of fact, but because of feeling or maybe because of logic. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't make sense. Uh, but it's really neat because, yeah, there's these points throughout these disciples' lives where um, they're, they're going to kind of get it. And then later they're going to like get it and then they're going to mm-hmm. really get it or whatever. And I think that's such a testament to the way that we grow in the Lord, right? Yeah. Is we kind of, we'll go oh, like, oh yeah, I, I know Christ, but then sometimes it feels like, well, where is he? Or how could this happen? Or how could a good lo- a good God of love dot, 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 dot. And it's this kind of ongoing, like growing in our understanding of these things. So I love that. I love that Jesus says from now on, you do know. And, uh, and so that though is to, it really is to me, one of those kind of mysteries of God that's revealed by the Holy spirit where, where even as Christians, sometimes it doesn't make sense, but to a world that doesn't know God, it's foolishness. Mm -hmm. That's what scripture says to us. Right. And so, uh, it honestly, to me, it kind of, it's very, very encouraging, but this kind of stuff, the paradoxical nature of it, it does kind of tend to stir up a bit of a, would we, would we call it like a conundrum? 
Oh, conundrum, or yes. Or would it be like a befuddlement? Well, according to the commentary I read, Thomas was perplexed. Oh my goodness, you're kidding <laughs> I me. I kid you Are not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that was an inside joke if you haven't watched previous episodes. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Perplex is my thing. So but per- yeah, tell it, break it down for well, us as the, we, clo- yeah, with, as we mean, wrap things up here. It, if you've ever heard anyone refer to Christianity as like an, an exclusive religion, I mean, you don't get... Uh, into that realm, you know, near as much outside of like Jesus saying, hey, I'm the way. There is no way outside of me. I'm the truth. There is no truth outside of me, right? There is no life outside of me. And so it it's interesting because um, it could be perceived that this is exclusive from the outside or even from the inside as Christians. Uh, this could feel very like restrictive. It could feel very legalistic. Um, as if there's this kind of like path that we're supposed to find or we're supposed to kind of like devour the scriptures and find the secret codes and do this and not do that and things like that. Yeah. Right. And yet I think uh, the big picture here, you know, we're talking about the father's house and these rooms and this kind of relationship that's going to be ongoing. That's the point of that is it's about knowing Jesus. Yeah. He says his character in the midst of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the father because you know me Yeah, and, and, and vice versa. And, and so what's really amazing here is that um, when we really think of it in that way, we can kind of go, Oh yeah, Jesus didn't get these text messages throughout the day from the father telling him what to do, say, think where to go. Right. Mm-hmm. The, Jesus was so um, close to the Father that he knew the Father's heart. He knew the Father's will, right? And and so that is this opportunity for relationship that we have with him as well. One mm-hmm. of my favorite Psalms is 37.4, and it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of his heart. Now, that's not saying... Pursue God and He'll give you the Ferrari that you want. Yeah, that's saying that <laughs> Are you as sure? you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I, uh, I I am sure. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally confident. If uh, what he's saying, what that Psalm is saying, is that as we put ourselves in proximity to God in a way that allows Him to to shape the way that we think and the way that we feel and the way that we live, God's literally taking His desires and He's putting them in our heart. So we think like. Uh, we think more and more like Christ. Yeah. Our desires are more and more like Him. The The life that we want to live is more like the life that He lived, uh, which is so encouraging because most of our Christian walk uh, happens and it's as if like uh, we don't hear from God, right? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, so if you were really honest, most of our Christian life, it kind of feels like, well, I don't necessarily feel God's presence. I don't necessarily hear Him or feel His leading or whatever. Um, but that's actually so encouraging because uh, when we're spending time with the Lord, when we're pursuing Him, when we're uh, sensing the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and repenting of sin and all of these things, uh, we can be more and more confident that that we're walking a life according to His will and that we are um, confidently headed down this trajectory that ends back into the warm embrace of a uh, father who loves us very much. Yeah, I love that. And I think that it's just so such an encouraging verse, you know, and as you go through your week and um, to be encouraged when you face situations where you don't know the future, or maybe you're just scared about the future, or you want more details about the future, or you wish you understood more, knowing Jesus, this is the way. And so in the words of the Mandalorian, <laughs> of course, this is the way, and it's actually 
simple. It's simple. It's not easy and it can feel difficult at times, but the simplicity of knowing Jesus, like that's it. Just knowing Jesus, being uh, walking intimately with Jesus. And so as you go through your week and maybe you're facing these things, I would just encourage you to recite that. <laughs> Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And remember in that scene there how he brought so much peace and assurance yeah. to that situation. So we're going to wrap it up, but I do have an announcement as we finish here. Um, so we'll be back. The next series is called Confessions. It's going to be really good. I'm excited about it. Um, and so early May is around the time where we'll be back in the studio with another episode. But a great way to not miss the episode is to yes. subscribe. Oh. So make sure to subscribe. Hey, even share. Share about this. And if you missed any of the episodes, um, not the episodes, but the messages from John this past series, there were nine, I believe, nine different um, messages throughout John. If you want to go check them out, they are all online. Um, thanks for joining us. And we will be back early May for another episode of The Breakdown. Later.